This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And I suck you up and I spit you out and I play with your babies till you scream Hello, flamethrowers. Shireen here. I am very honored to be speaking with two formidable people in women's football. First of all, we have Mina Ahmadi joining us from Germany. She's just finished a final, and I'm so grateful she could be here to talk with us. Mina is a 21-year-old midfielder with the Afghan women's national team and who also recently refused to sign an unjust contract. And she will be talking to us about that. Coming to us from Houston is Haley Carter. Haley is a former NWSL pro player. She is incredible amongst her many qualifications, which are MBA. She was a formal Marine. She is the assistant coach of the Evran Women's National Team Program. And I'm so grateful that they're joining us today for this hot take to talk about the disclosure of sexualized violence against players in the Afghanistan Football Federation. Thank you both thank for you being here me. today. Yeah, thank you for having us. Um, Haley, if I can start with you, I just wanted if you could give our listeners a little bit of the history of this program and how you got involved and how Kelly Lindsay got involved. And just so our flamethrowers remember, we had Kelly Lindsay and Kelly the Popal on on episode 43 to talk about this journey. But if you could recap a little bit for this program and where we are now. Yeah, so uh, the program's been around since about 2007. It, it was formed by the Afghan um, National Olympic Committee, and uh, it participated really in local things um, for many years. You know, it played against uh, the ISAF women's side. Um, they traveled to Pakistan, and they played in tournaments in Pakistan. Um, they participated in national training camps in Germany, for instance, but they didn't actually really compete um, internationally in like a FIFA-sanctioned event until the 2010 uh, SAF, the South Asia Football Federation Women's Championship. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, every two years, uh, they've consistently competed in that. Um, and they really, I mean, um, Nepal has always been really good. Um, India, obviously, has always been really strong. But um, you can see kind of from 2010 through 2016, the other countries in South Asia have been making investment on their women's side. And so um, the Afghan performance relative uh, to everyone else on the whole, like holistically, um, was starting to decline while everybody else was starting to uptick. Um, You know, it's amazing what investment in the women's side will do. Um, It's like it's science or something. And um, (laughs) so Kalita actually got involved as a program director towards the end of 2015 and she brought Kelly and I on um, in the spring, early in the spring of 2016, 
um, in preparation for the 2016 staff championships. So Afghanistan has actually been moved. Um, it's now part of the Central Asian Football Association, but prior to that, because there had never been a women's championship, they just recently played in the CAFA, the first women's championship in CAFA. Um, SAF was kind enough to let Afghanistan compete in the 2016 championships, even though Afghanistan was not technically a member of SAF anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but we wanted to be prepared for that. And so um, Kalita and I actually got hooked up through Hummel International. So Hummel was my personal sponsor when I was still playing. Okay. Um, and we got connected, you know, one thing led to another and they said, you really got to, we've got to introduce you to Kalita Popal. They're getting ready to launch the new kit for Afghanistan. You would love her. And so of course we connected and, uh, you know, I kind of casually said, Hey, well, you know, if you need anything help, if you need any sort of help, like whatever, reach out to me. Um, and about two weeks later, she called me and was like, how serious are you <laughs> about that offer? Um, <laughs> And so I came on board, Kelly came on board a couple days later. Um, and I know they knew of each other through like Julie Foudy, her leadership camp. Um, Kelly had worked with Hajer um, at a previous uh, event. And so, you know, Kelly's always had a place in her heart for um, the Afghan women's team. And so it was kind of the, all of the stars aligned and just brought us together. And um we traveled to Europe, so we were able to recruit some athletes there. You know, Mina was one of those players. Uh, we brought them to California for a training camp in California. Uh, and then we went to SAF, competed in SAF. And, you know, we had a week maybe to prepare for SAF in India. Uh, I mm-hmm. think Mina can attest. It, it's kind of like um, learning through a fire hose, right? Um, there was a lot of information, a lot of things that were being passed. And, to be honest with you, that team had never played together. Um, that team as it was, because half of the team was from outside Afghanistan. The other half of the team was from inside Afghanistan. Um, and so coming together community and being t- togetherness and, um, you know, coming together and uniting as one team and recognizing it doesn't matter where you live. Um, you're all Afghan has always been sort of this dynamic that we've tried to push and tried to work around. And I can tell you, I, I thought we performed really well. We went and played against India. We lost five, one. You know, the last time the national team had played India, the score was 12 or 13 to zero. Um, So all things considered, that's a massive step up. Um, And so, but it was, it's always, I can tell you that the team has always been the story of two steps forward and three steps back. (laughs) Um, So we would find success and then something would come up that would um, politically like, just set something off. Um, and so something would happen and then we would just get set back again. So, um, we had an issue in in India with one of our players, which I won't go into details with. Um, but you know, it, it, essentially the women's national team was punished for a year, um, because of the actions of that particular player. And so you look at our events, we weren't able to host any events in 2017. The Federation refused to approve any of them. So no matter how much fundraising we did, the Federation wouldn't approve them. Um, and, and speaking of events that have happened, I yeah. mean, we are like literally, we just found out through a piece of that, an exclusive of, from Suzanne Rack of The Guardian reporting about something very major that has happened now. Yeah, yeah. So Jordan was another, another example of, um, you know, two steps forward and three steps back. And, you know, we were able to get approval um, you know, the Federation, I th- one of the things I think is important to point out here, the Federation has been talking about 
Um, you know, Kalita having money through the GoFundMe and this and that, I think it's important that we clarify Kalita doesn't have access to any of that money. There's only two people that have access to that money and Kalita is not one of them. Um, (laughs) And we have completely open books. We're totally transparent. We can be audited. Um, You can see where all of that money has gone. Uh, And the events that we've hosted over the last couple of years would not have happened. Um, without any of that money. So Jordan is a perfect example. The Federation covered airfare and that's it. Um, We covered all the in-country costs, lodging, food, transportation, um, you name it, we had it covered. Um, You know, so that that has to be put out there. (laughs) Um, For sure. Because there's a lot of misinformation, I think, going around about that right now. Um, Yeah, and then what happened in Jordan, um, you know, the team performed really well. Uh, on the whole, you know, we played the score of the first game was 5-0 and the score of the second game was 6-0. Um, but, you know, the girls went and played. We didn't park the bus. We played. We went at them. And of course, Jordan was a very good team. They got in between our lines and they scored goals. Um, mm-hmm. But when you think about where they were ranked, you know, for us to be able to go and perform that well, was fantastic. Um, and the first thing that came out of that, I think everybody remembers um, the sort of social media explosion over the girls not wearing hijabs. Um, you know, and, I, and I've said this to you many times before, Shireen, you've heard me say it elsewhere. I'm not in the business of regulating religious headwear. Um, <laughs> that's not my thing. That's a personal choice. That's a personal decision. I support that decision. Um, and I can tell you that the guidance that the president of the Federation originally gave our staff and our team was that for the games, uh, he wanted the players to play comfortably because he wanted them to be successful and he wanted them to have the personal choice. And so they made the personal choice and I gave them the personal choice. Um, and, uh, you know, but, but that being said, when we were at staff, the girls all played covered. (laughs) Nobody cares, (laughs) you know? So the Federation wants to make this whole thing about the girls in Europe being upset about wearing hijab. Like Mina, you can attest to this. Like nobody cares about wearing the hijab. Literally no one. Yeah. (laughs) Such a minor thing, but okay. And and Mina, I really want to hear your perspective on this and the debacles that have happened. And, you know, this is something I talk about a lot in my work, that this idea of making hijab and forced covering become a thing when it's really not a thing. It's just rules that are created by men to control women's bodies. And so much of that is this. And Mina, your experience being a player who lives in Germany but plays with an Afghan national team, Mm -hmm. what has that experience been like for you? Well, it's... As Haley said, it's been great. Like this whole experience playing with the girls, like we just met and it just felt like we were, you know, sisters for for years. Um, And it was really in that group you had like we were all a unity. So um, things like hijab, things like, you know, different backgrounds or, you know, people like the girls were living in Afghanistan. I live in Germany. Other girls are living in uh, America. It was, it didn't matter. Like what mattered was we had one goal and, you know, we wanted to reach it and we worked together like really hard to, to reach our goal. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been great. And it's like really sad how things, you know, kind of ended or developed. Um, and I really hope for the best, like for for everyone. So, Mina, were you aware before this report, this exclusive came out on November thirtieth, about players who had been 
abused by officials because at this point we know that six officials have been banned by FIFA's Ethics and Disciplinary Committee. Did you hear murmurings about it while you were on the team? Like, was were the players aware of what was happening? Yeah, so what I personally, uh, I wasn't part of the Jordan camp. I was injured in that okay. time, but... You know, a lot of what I heard was, as I said, hearsay. So um, I didn't know for a fact what happened. Um, but there were some rumors about things. But, you know, we weren't quite sure. Um, so we kind of had a feeling. Um, heard stories, but, you know, it mm-hmm. wasn't a fact. Mm-hmm. Haley, do you want to add to that? Yeah, so, um, you know, I can tell you, having been in Jordan on the staff, that, yeah, the there were allegations that were made of abuse um, to Kalita, um, to Kelly, like as a staff, we were alerted to it. And I can tell you that immediately, um, Kalita brought this up to the president of the Federation, to the general secretary, um, and saying that, you know, this is unacceptable. The men that have been sent over here need to be removed from the women's program. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that needs to be addressed. And, um, and they didn't. Um, and to be honest, you know, we, you know, when they deny the allegations, the bottom line is uh, you can deny them all that you want, but you were made aware of these allegations and you did nothing about it. You didn't investigate it. Um, you just dismissed them and you promoted both of them. So, um, the goalkeeper coach was made the head coach of the U 17 men's national team. Um, and the other representative was placed in charge of the legal committee. So you can understand where, um, how are players going to complain about issues when the person who's responsible, um, for these actions is in charge of the legal committee. Um, and so as a staff collectively, we had conversations about it. And like I said, you know, so a lot of this, we kept from the players because you want the players to be buffered from that. You don't want them to worry about that. Um, you want them to focus on the task at hand and it's our responsibility as a staff to make sure that that stuff gets addressed. And so we followed up with the Federation again and, and Kalita basically said, you know, I can't, I can't guarantee that the players aren't going to speak openly and honestly about what happened in Jordan, because while Mina wasn't there, there were other players who were, um, and, and I promise you not more than a month later after Kalita had that conversation with the Federation, um, the contracts came out um, and it was sent to us as a staff to communicate to the players. And Mina can also speak to this. We had a number of leadership and leadership group and team calls discussing the contracts and, um, you know, as a staff, you know, it's their journey, you know, it's Mina's journey. It's, it's Shabnam's journey. It's Eli's journey. It's not our journey. And so, you know, we, I couldn't support signing that contract because as a player and as a human, I I would never sign that contract. Um, So um, I felt uncomfortable asking the players to sign the contract, but we gave them the option because again, it is their journey. So we said, speak to your families, speak to your attorneys, whatever decision you make, we're going to support you on it. But, um, I, like I couldn't ask the players to sign it. I, I, my floor hit the ma- my my mouth hit the floor when I read the um when I read the contract the first time through. I, I actually honestly it's not funny, but I literally laughed out loud. It's so I ridiculous. I mean, when I first saw Shannon's um, post about it, and yeah. just for the listeners to be brought up to speed, 
the women were given before going to the Central Asian uh, Championships, the women were asked to sign a contract that literally prevented them from seeking outside sponsorship, getting any remuneration and having any advocacy on their part in terms of um, <clears throat> disciplinary hearings, whatnot, like it was unbelievable. And it's something that later was posted on Facebook, I believe by Shabnam Mubara is also part of the team that said it was all, it was like yeah. slavery. It was like mm -hmm. signing away every possible conceivable right you had working for nothing. And it was Mina, I'm just, uh, you have a post that's pinned, um, a tweet mm -hmm. that's pinned and you, um, you said that, after all the phenomenal improvement in every single part of the team and the nonstop work for, to forge a successful future, I was forced to make a decision that would decide my future in the team, which is why I decided, decided to stand in solidarity with my captain, Shabna Mubarez, and speak up about this. And so yeah. you, you stated that you didn't sign the contract. Was that a difficult decision for you to make? Um, I wouldn't say it was... Well, if you read the contract... Um, signing it is like no option so the only thing that was difficult for me was like okay if you don't sign it you know your future in the team could end you know right um your your mission you know to achieve something with these girls it could all you know be gone but in the end <laughs> i was like you have to do the right thing and i think that everyone who didn't sign the contract we we're all thinking the same same thing like you cannot let something that unjust happen and you have to speak up so i think for us it was more important you know to to speak up about something as horrendous as that um you know if anything happens in the future if they decide you know we can't be part of the team anymore fine it's their decision but i know that i did something right and you know i'm proud of everything that, um, and everyone who did the same thing uh yeah that was the only difficult Thing. Uh, when I talked to my mom, she was like, as Haley said, like our mouths were, you know, I, we were just in shock. Like, how can anyone ask us to do such thing? So um, the decision itself, you know, it wasn't difficult to do the right thing, but just having the option to never see it, anyone again, you know, to um, give up something, give up the mission. Um, that was kind of difficult, but I know that we won't give up and I know that we'll keep working together. So, so know, in view of the okay. fact that even the president of the Federation, uh, Karimuddin Karim was um, suspended, Haley, where are we now in terms of, where are you now in terms of this process? And s some of the women haven't signed the contract, but still feel a strong allegiance to the team and the mission. And the yeah. even in Mina's post, Mina, you wished well to the, the girls going to play in the championship and you know you, your solidarity yeah, is with course, them yeah. as your sisters as you rightfully put yeah. it Haley, where are we now in terms of a process considering there's suspensions i saw Khalida a couple of weeks ago in poland at a fair event and she had said publicly that she had told fifa over a year ago about this yeah but not but there, you know, this, the, the, the movement has happened it just took a while to get she there did. so can you bring yeah. us up to speed of where we are now yeah, so I can tell you um, at the same time that we alerted the, the the same time we alerted the Federation to the allegations and we learned that the Federation mm -hmm. took no action, um, we brought it to FIFA's attention. Um, and so I can tell you that the investigation and fairness to FIFA 
um, has been ongoing. Um, and it's, like I said, it's a very delicate process. You player safety is very, very important. Um, and so, you know, it's taken time to be able to collect statements, to collect evidence, to put documentation together. Um, but this has been ongoing. <laughs> so it's not something that just magically popped up three weeks ago. Um, that's true. Um, we have been working on that. It's, it's been, it's taken some time and, and CAFA, the CAFA Women's Championship was really the trigger um, for things to come out because, you know, we told the players, don't worry about the contract until you have, until you have to sign the contract, because otherwise, if you make it known, you're not going to sign now, you will have self-selected out. So let's yep. hold off and hold off and delay and delay while we gather evidence and we take care of this stuff. We get all of our ducks in a row. Then when we get to CAFA, then they were presented with the ultimatum of it's non-negotiable. You sign the contract or you don't get invited. And of course, not surprisingly, um, Kelly and I were left off of the delegation to go to CAFA um, because I think the mm -hmm. Federation was aware that we supported the players and their personal decisions not to sign. Um, I mean, that's the only thing I can assume. For the record, Kalita, Kelly and I were never okay. formally fired. I've never received any documentation from the Federation that I'm no longer on the staff. Um, none of us have. Um, I think that's important, too, because I know one of the narratives they're trying to push is that we're just former employees like hell bent on um, like retaliating for being fired. Well, you never paid me. <laughs> so I was working for you for free no. and you never actually fired me from that. So I'm not hell bent on destroying anyone. Um, I'm just trying to give opportunities to these women. So um, and we all feel that the same way we kind of it's kind of been an ongoing joke on you know they keep telling people we're fired but they haven't told us yet so um and in our but what in I our pre-conversation sorry you said that you were very hopeful that this will be rectified yeah so that so so for the fifa um investigations what i will say is the only person who's been banned by fifa right now provisionally is the president right. um the, the other members of the federation have been suspended um, by the attorney general and the president, Ashraf Ghani. But I mean, they're still working in their offices. They don't, they're not employees of the government. Um, the National Olympic Committee pays their checks, but so they may not be getting paid, but they're still working. And to be fair for us, um, like I said, nobody's really worked out the solution to this. It's very delicate, but something that's important that people realize and understand is that we don't want the Federation to be destroyed. We don't want, we don't want to be in charge of the Federation. We don't want the Federation to be destroyed. We want to make this as seamless as possible so that the people who are accountable for these actions specifically are held accountable. And so that's why right now the provisional ban has mm -hmm. been on the president. But if you look at, you know, the men's national team has international friendlies on the calendar. Those are still scheduled. Nobody here wants to see the entire, an entire country's pride, like just be completely destroyed, right? Everybody looks to cricket and they look to soccer. Um, and we want to continue to have that. That's important for Afghanistan. It's important for the community. And it doesn't help anyone to just destroy the Federation. And so, um, you know, FIFA, in fairness to them, is is dealing and managing this as responsibly, I think, as possible, that they as responsibly as they can. And these things do take time. You know, like I said, there's a lot of evidence there. It's a lot to get through. Um, and it's it's some very impactful evidence. I mean, this, the statements that they're getting from players and it's a lot. Um, it's some really powerful things to, to get through. And so, um, 
yeah, I think I think there will be a resolution and it may take time. But as we were talking about, you know, before we started the recording, all things Afghan take time. Um, and so that's OK. Um, I, I would rather and I think Mina could probably agree with this. I would rather that it take the time mm-hmm. it be resolved as appropriately and precisely as possible um, so that the people, the, the people who have acted um, wrongly and abusively and corruptly are dealt with specifically. Um, and then the people that are within the Federation, because there are some phenomenal employees at the Federation that are just really great people, really supportive of the women's team. They do great things. Um, you know, that there's still that opportunity, right? There's still the opportunity for the women to play. And I, and, and that's really why we've tried as a staff to buffer the players as much as possible so that players like Mina still have an opportunity Um you know, once all of this gets resolved, that that these things can work themselves out. So, yeah, I, I do think I am optimistic. Mina, what about you? I'm just going to we're going to wrap up. And uh, Haley, just quickly in response to you, I think that removing people that are abusive is a great start and not and too much to ask, particularly for something as important yeah. as this. I know. I, I, I feel ridiculous kind of caveating it that way, but I think it's important that people know we're not looking to remove no, everyone. No. We're looking to remove those responsible. Sure. Mina, yeah. what would you like to see happen with your team? Well, I totally agree. Like, I just want, you know, a good future for, for the team. I want a safer environment for all the girls. So, um, Whatever the decision is going to be, I just hope that it's going to be the right and the just decision. And, um, you know, that they spread the message that Afghanistan does not stand for abuse and corruption and that those things will not be tolerated, you know, so that people in the future won't act as badly as these people. So, um, you know, just as Haley said, I just want those people to... Uh, to get what they deserve. Yeah. For sure. I want to thank you both. This has been tremendous. I We will keep on top of the story and keep all, everybody updated because it's very important and also highlighting the importance and passion. Um, you've, I've seen some solidarity. I know that um, Alex Morgan tweeted out in support of this and of the con- contracts and that's really important. Yeah. So out there, if you're out there and you're listening and you're a fan of women's football, this is an important issue because justice isn't only on the pitch, it's off the pitch as well. So I just want to, again, thank you both for speaking with me today and Burn It All Down is 100% behind you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I saw you-